Welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Crystal Palace Women's Show, brought to you by Eagle Eye View. It's myself, Mike, joined as always by Phil. Um, and tonight we is a delayed show, as it were, because uh, we didn't get on last week. So first of all, Phil, are you there, mate? Oh, not bad, thanks yourself. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I keep looking at the league table just to make sure we're still top. And I'm glad to say that we are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, what a what a joy to behold it has been for nearly two weeks. Superb, isn't it? <laughs> so obviously tonight's show, as you say, is a delayed one. Um, we we're going to do last week would have been the review of the Coventry game, and we had former chairman Lee Schnashfold lined up to come on, um, but due to uh, work stuff with myself, we couldn't do it. Um, we, have, we will have Lee on at a later point. We're looking at the first show in October, hopefully, so we can get Lee on and um, get to know a little bit about how things worked, I think, between 2003 and 2010, I believe, was his time. Um, so back when, obviously, women's football was even further down the totem pole, as it were, um, to see how it ran then, really, and, and how we got on. Um, so that will be coming. Um and hopefully we can get uh, the current chairman on at some point as well, um, which would be uh, another interesting listen to everything that's gone on during this time. So Lee is coming another time, but today's so it's reverted back to the traditional sense of uh, the review and preview show. So we will be doing the uh, the long-awaited review of the Coventry game, um, and then we will be looking ahead to this Sunday's trip to Birmingham, uh, which is taking place at St Andrews, I believe. So, um, there'll be a lot for us to talk about. Um, and I'm sure it'll be a brief conversation probably about songs as well, although uh, people will be hoping that we don't sing any. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we've got that to come. But as always, uh, when I start these, when we do re- re- the review. Um, I go through the uh, the results from the, uh, the other games. So, we look at the... Uh, so, so there's three games that took place on a Saturday. Um, Sunderland lost 4-0 at home to Birmingham. That was Birmingham's first goals and win of the season. Uh, Sheffield United bounced back from their opening day loss to Blackburn to beat Durham 2-0. Um, and we beat Coventry 3-0. And then on the Sunday, uh, Lewis drew 2-0. Uh, drew 2 Coventry draw 2-0, can you? It's falling apart early on. Uh, Lewis drew two all at home to Southampton. Uh, they were two 0 up as well in that game. Lewis Southampton came back. Uh, Bristol City, the only other team with us uh, on six out of six points, they beat Blackburn two 0 at home, and uh, a hell of a, a hell of a game uh, at the uh, the Clown Stadium. Uh, Charlton lost three or three four, they lost four three at home to London City Lionesses. So the Lionesses bounced back from their loss to us. Uh, in a humdinger of a game against Charlton. So, just to give you an idea of the table, uh, Coventry prop it up. They're on nil points after two games. Then you've got Sunderland, Durham and Southampton are all on one point. Um, Lewis are on two points in eighth. They're, they're the, the five teams without a win so far. Then at the top, you've got us, uh, proud uh, of place first in the table on six points. And uh, Bristol City are in second on six points. And then you've got Birmingham in third and four. And then you've got a cluster of four teams on three points. So, uh, uh, an, an interesting weekend. I feel, Phil, 
I don't know about you, but I feel this, the round two of games kind of brought around about what was more expected, I think, from uh, some of the teams in the table after the previous weekend where, you know, the likes of Birmingham had dropped points. Um, then winning, Bristol City winning again, ourselves, Sheffield United getting a win. I feel it probably kind of took more of the shape that you would be expecting this season. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, to be on, to be honest though, I didn't expect Birmingham to win four 0 away. No, I no, mean, that's true. That, that was an incredible result at Sunderland. I mean, I, it's not an easy place to go, and um, I mean, we knew that they were going to be a difficult team to play this season because they have kept a lot of their WSL team, and um, uh, and, uh, and I've always thought it's gonna, they're not going to concede many goals. They haven't conceded yet, have they? And um, hopefully they will this weekend. But um, Birmingham are definitely for me. I mean, Bristol City are obviously a very good team, um, but I just think the team for us to beat really is is that's why this weekend's such an important um, weekend for us because if we can just come away without losing, I think that'd be a, ma- a massive step forward for us. But it's going to be really difficult, and I, I just think um, uh, you know when you look at London City, I mean we were there when we played them first game. And I tell you, I mean, they are a good team. You know, they are a yep. really good team, and they've built that team over the last three or four years. And they've, they've, be, you know, and they've obviously got some money behind them, and they've got a really good team together. So I watched that game actually, the Charlton London City game, and Charlton's defending was just abysmal to be on. I mean, every time the ball went in the box, they were panicking and couldn't clear it, and it was bouncing around all over the place. Um, I mean, when we play Charlton, I really hope that we just keep getting the ball in the box. I mean, going a little bit more direct. I mean, I I love the way we play, but sometimes you just have to look at the opposition and think, right, you know, they panic when the ball's in their box. I mean, those four goals, I mean, there was a couple of absolute screamers in that game, but, you know, every time the ball went near their penalty area, they were all over over the place, flapping around, goalkeeper was coming and missing it. I mean, it was just, um, I just think that we're, um, we hope, I mean, I know that, um, Dean and Marzi and everyone will be looking at the other games and I just hope that we can keep getting the ball in the box when we play Charlton because they just looked absolutely terrible every time the ball went near their goal they seem to be panicking um, just goes to show doesn't it when they, when you lose a couple of key players like Anna Philby you know from the back I don't know if they're going to be as strong at the back as they were last year so yeah I mean when you look at the results as a whole were there any surprises? I think the biggest surprise probably was Birmingham winning 4-0 away because that's that's not an easy game at Sunderland. Um, and then um, I think, was it Lewis drew 2-2 with Southampton? And I think 2-0, um, wasn't it? Yeah, and I saw the goals from that. Um, and fair play to Southampton because Lewis are a good team actually at home. I mean, you know, we, we beat them a few times in the cup, but last season, I think they... They deserve to beat us 2-0 when we lost 2-0 there last year. And I was impressed with the way they played against us last time. I know we had shifts sent off in that game, but even so, they played very well, Lewis. So for Southampton to come back from 2-0 down there, I mean, that just shows how much um, how much spirit they've got. And I think, you know, that that will hold... I think Southampton will be fine. Um, even though they lost that first game at home to Charlton, I, I think they'll be fine this season because they've got that spirit and togetherness. Um, they're not going to be in the top four, but I think they'll be they'll be fine from free of relegation, Southampton. They've got a bit of fight in them um, and some good players. But um, 
I think with Katie Wilkinson, they've always got a goal in them as well. She created one of them with a beautiful pass, I think. So, but yeah, I think um, overall, not massive surprises apart from Birmingham winning so easily, but they have got quality. And I think quite a few of their goals came late on as well. So maybe the scoreline didn't reflect the game. I don't know. But um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. That's for sure. I mean, was there anything that stood out for you last last week at the last set of games? Yeah, I think I know what you're saying about the Birmingham game. And I think what's surprising about it is I didn't expect Sunderland to ship four. But as you say, I think three of them came in basically the last 15 minutes of the game. Um, but I think the one for me was Sheffield United winning 2-0 at home to Durham. Um, because, obviously, Sheffield United, they struggled last season. Um, and then they've lost six key players this summer. They've stayed part-time, whilst most around them have gone full-time and taken their players. Um and obviously, opening game they went to Blackburn and lost. And Blackburn had a you know had a real difficult time last season, and were one of our favourites to, to go to, you know to be right in the thick of the, the relegation bout this season. So to go there and lose opening day would have been a big blow, and perhaps set the, the standard a little bit for where Sheffield United might be this year. But to then beat Durham, um, that was probably the standout one for me. Although I do wonder whether Durham's dominant time is kind of nearing its end um, because obviously previous seasons they were we were said they, they never finished below the top four until last year um, and they, they struggled really last year um, and one point from two games at the start of this season you know by their standards they there are two games as well that they'd have looked at and said you know, expected to get six points out of really from from their perspective, knowing how their mentality is. So to be sitting on one point from it, um, you know, that's a, that's a real surprise there. And I, so I just wonder whether other teams now it's starting to with, with the, the work being put in and stuff, where their 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 strong time is starting to come to an end. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Everyone's caught them up, haven't they? And they've everyone else has invested. And I mean, they've Durham have relied on the university a lot and um, tied in with them. Um, but I do think that other clubs have caught them up. And when you consider how many clubs have now gone full time in the last few years, I mean, I know Coventry went back to sort of part time in the summer, but every you know Charlton and Palace, and then you've got London City who have come into the league in recent seasons. I mean, there's a lot of competition there for, um, you know, Bristol City are full-time. So I think there's a lot of competition for them now. And I don't think they're having it all their own way like they've had perhaps in, in the past. Um, the Sheffield United result was a, was, a, was a great result for them, wasn't it? I really, that's, that did surprise me, actually. Um, but they, when you've got a player like Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, you've got chance. I mean, she's such a fantastic footballer. I, I mean, I don't... I mean, I know she does a lot of media work and stuff, but... I just don't understand why she's not playing in the Women's Super League. She's played for Liverpool and Everton and and her goal-scoring records is absolutely... When she was at Doncaster Bell, she scored 40 goals in 43 appearances for them. And even at Liverpool, she scored one. She scored 10 goals in 30. So she was a one-in-three goal-scorer. Um, so I'm just really surprised that... I mean, good, good for Sheffield United to be able to keep her. Um, but I'm just really surprised. I just think she's such, I mean, she's a, a fantastic footballer. She's got great experience because she's 31 now as well. So I just, I'm just a little bit surprised that she's not, um, you know, that she's not uh, in the Super League, to be honest. I think that's how good she is. I think she's she's one of the best players in she, our division. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think she needs to stay part-time. 
Is it because of her media work? Yeah, she does media work for Sky, for TalkSport. So, yeah, I I think that is one of the reasons why she hasn't gone anywhere. Okay. Um, So, yeah, she does quite a lot of media work. Great player, though. Absolutely brilliant Oh, absolutely, yeah. And what's mad is, obviously, she was scoring goals last season. She's already scored goals this season. But Bristol City have won two out of two. Abby Harrison's not scored a goal yet. No, it's kind of it's kind of scary that they've got two yeah. wins out of two, and Abby Harrison, who stormed the, the, the you know the to the, the golden boot last season, hasn't got one yet, and and Katie Wilkinson hasn't got one at Southampton yet either. No, um, although I think Southampton are going to be, I think they're going to be one of those teams where you just can't predict them. They'll, you know, they're just as likely one minute they'll, you know, they'll do like a fight back, the next minute they'll get a big old result against someone, and then they'll go and lose heavily. Do you know what I mean? I think they're going to be. Yeah. This season, it's coming up into the league. It's a big step up, and it is a learning curve. And I know they've invested heavily in it, but um, it takes a while to find your feet in this league. Um, and they've come into it at a time where they'd have come in last season with the investment they'd done. You'd, you know, they would be right. You know, have a good chance of being right up there, which they still could be. But this season, there's been more investment around the teams. Um, at a time when they come in with the investment, so it's probably made it a bit harder for them. But um, it's a, it's going to be ahead of a league this year. Um, and you're right, next weekend is going to be a big, big game, which we'll get to. Um, but obviously, for us, uh, we played our first home game of the season. It was at Hayes Lane, uh, which personally I was pleased with because I, prefer, <laughs> as I've always said, I prefer it at Hayes Lane. Um, the Coventry United were the visitors. Um, now, to run through our lineup for the game, we made two changes from the team that had gone to London City on the opening day and won 1 0. Uh, so, as expected, Frank Kitchen was in goal. The back three remained the same with uh, AJ on the right of it, Amy Everett in the middle of it, and our eight Fields on the left. Um, same wing backs, so Polly Duran uh, on the right. And Izzy Sibley on the left. Chloe Arthur was in the holding role. Uh, and then you had um, Kirsten Riley came in for Chloe Peplo, who went off injured against London City. Uh, that's one of the changes. Coral Haynes was our other midfielder. And then up front, you had uh, Annabelle Blanchard playing just off of, well, everywhere, if actually is where she was playing the entire pitch <laughs> throughout the game. But um, she was playing just off of Molly Sharp, who came in for Elise Hughes, who dropped to the bench. So, just the two changes. Um, obviously, last season, and we talked about it in, in on last week's show, on the last show we did, last season at home, was that frustrating as hell 1-0 defeat to Coventry. Um, and we talked about the possibility of this game where we could just as much go and get a big win as go and have that kind of frustrating game again. Um, and uh, it definitely looked like it's going to be that way for a while, but from your perspective from the games, Phil, how what were your your thoughts on, on that match? Well, um, it's funny actually because I mean we we were there behind the goal, and when I when I when I was watching the game live, I kept thinking that when we got into the final third, I thought our passing was poor, and I and and, and I kept thinking we were trying to sort of thread the ball through a needle. Really, I mean it was just they played five at the back. Sometimes they had defensive midfielders filling the gaps as well. So we, we, we kept trying to find that ball inside the fullback 
And because I had so many defenders there, it kept kept getting cut out. But then when I when I watched the game in its entirety back on the FA player, and you're looking at it from the side, rather because obviously the first half especially was up the other end, and it's hard to see the distances and how close you are to the goal, you know, when you're behind the other goal. So when I looked when I watched it back on the FA player, it gave me a completely different view of the game. Right. And actually, our passing was, I, I mean. Coventry defended well and, and it wasn't so much about our passing it was actually the, the, the way they defended but our passing outside of that, those few times where we, we did try to sort of almost play the impossible ball our passing outside of that in the first half was absolutely fantastic it was like and I remember I think Paul on the comment you know our mate Paul who we know well on the commentary on the FA player I think he said that he could hear Marzi sing it say it shouting two touch two touch and it was like that it was like control the ball pass move control the ball pass move it was absolutely brilliant and I didn't I didn't appreciate that so much um from standing behind the goal because I couldn't really see what was going on that well up the other end when the balls, because obviously in the first half we had a lot of possession up there in their final third. So it was right up the other end of the pitch to us. And so when I watched it back, I actually was really impressed, not only with the air passing, but the way Coventry defended. And funnily enough, all those chances where we did try and slip that ball through, that that was the first goal when Molly, you know, Anna Philby played it through that gap inside the fullback down the side. And Molly ran on and, and finished with a great first time finish. So, um, you could understand why they felt that that was a, a, a tr- you know, a way of playing to try and break them down, and it took a few attempts before we got that, but it created the first goal. So, I think actually I did them a disservice at the time because I was thinking to myself, "Gosh, we keep giving the ball away," but actually it wasn't so much that; it was the fact that Coventry defended in numbers, and we were just trying to find that little breakthrough, and we kept plugging away, and in the end, it created that first goal. So, um, the way we played and the, and the, and the movement, I've never, you know, this season in those two games against the second half, especially at London City, and then the whole game against Coventry, I've never seen a Palace women's team in all the years I've been going move the ball so freely. It was just, it was literally watching two-touch football. It was fantastic to watch. And, um, Okay, fair enough. You're going to obviously make some mistakes, especially in the final third when you've got a lot of defenders back and you're trying to create something. You've got to take chances sometimes to make that space. But I tell you, it was fantastic to watch. I mean, the entertainment was just brilliant, the way we played. I mean, I mean, did you did you feel the same way about the way we passed the ball? Because I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, do you know what? I felt first half, we it, it really felt Coventry came to try and get a nil-nil. Um, I don't even, I didn't, it didn't even feel like they came to try and sit back, soak up the pressure and catch us on the counter attack. Uh, it, it felt like for a lot of time, it felt like they had six defenders, um, and they patched the middle. And we were, I mean, the first again, obviously, you've had a lot to see the back, but in the first like 10 minutes, we had a few chances in the first five minutes. Um, and for the first 10 15 minutes, the amount of times that Coral just picked up the ball just inside their half and just cut through their midfield like nothing. Um, and then our centre-backs were doing it. You know, Philbs, um, Amy, they were they were just gliding, you know, they'd get to the halfway line and just keep going and keep going. And they were getting to near the the D almost, un- unchallenged. Because the, the Coventry line, obviously I'm going from the perspective of down the other end, but the Coventry line seemed so deep and so, and so full that it, you, we could get quite far with it. And it, it kind of felt like for ages... I know you said about trying to that gap between the fullback and the centre back, but I, I felt like for a lot of the first half we were actually trying to 
play it through the middle of the centre backs. It was looking for the pass, 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 move it, move it, move it, and then that like that little inside pass to try and split yeah. the centre backs and someone run onto it. And what was I felt what was happening was either the pass was too heavy to get it through the defence, or where they've got so many numbers back, um, it they were blocking it. And then I, what I felt, and I said this when I was on um, on the football. Uh, podcast the other week. Uh, the reason why I felt where the goal, why we were successful, why that worked, was because instead of going down the bringing the ball into the middle of the pitch and trying to play the sideward pass through the middle into the box, Fields was out was was had brought coming to the half, kept out wide, and she played the ball down the side, as you say, between the right back and the centre backs where there was space because the the middle was so tight. And then it's that's given Molly the first, the space that she just hadn't had until that point. And you know, as we both know, she's got a great left foot on her, and she smashed it in to make it one 0 And I, I felt at the time that that was why that was successful was because it was the first time that we'd found this, we'd actually gone down the side of the centre backs instead of during the, through the middle of them. Um, but yeah, our, our passing, our movement is we always said it didn't we after the London City game. It's incredible. Um, and it, it is, it's just move, it's move, move, not only with the ball moving constantly, but the players are moving, as I, as I said previously, you know, positional wise, stuff like that. So you need, no one's just, there's no standing still. Do you know, we, we, in the past, used to be a very static team, and we're anything but that, and it is constantly moving the ball. It's looking, isn't it? It's trying to find a way, well, it's not going to, we can't get down the right, let's move it again, move it again, let's work another space, let's create an option for ourselves. And because everyone wants the ball, you know, because everyone wants to be on the ball, they want to keep it moving, they're looking at the space, they're looking to keep it. We eventually find ways through because we keep working at it. Whereas in the past, you'd be like, after a couple of goes, we'd be just punted down the wing to shiver or something like that, you know. And But now, it, it as you say, it's, it's sublime to watch at times. It doesn't always work, uh, especially against a team like Coventry who were, were well drilled in, as I say, you know, that, that solid back line to keep it tight. And um, But definitely, you know, but it, it will create chances. Um, and I, I felt that first half, Molly scoring, which she did, was key. I think cause if we go into the second half, nil-nil still, the longer it took, I said it in the, the preview show for it, the longer it stayed at nil-nil, the harder it was going to get because we would start panicking and, you know, start thinking, God, what we're going to do? And you lose your shape a little bit. So I felt that was key, getting that goal when we did, um, because it, it, it forced Coventry to have to change their game plan. Um, and something I felt in that first half, and obviously I'd be interested in your view of it, having seen it, having seen it back, but the one worrying element a little bit was... Coventry offered nothing, and we created chances for them. So they had a cup. I think they had a, a shot or two. One went wide, maybe one just at Fran. I know after the goal, they didn't just punted it from the halfway line, but um, they had a couple of moments at the back, and it was purely created by us with a bit of loose passing. Um, and that was probably the only frustrating thing because we we've been so dominant. I think for about it took about half an hour for Coventry to even get over the halfway line with the ball. But there was a couple of moments we at nil nil. You're thinking, God, you know, this is how you lose one of these games one nil, where we we just a bit loose on the ball. Um, but I don't know if that 
obviously, I think you thought it at the time, but I don't know whether that still came across watching it back on the player. Yeah, it certainly did. I mean, I think um, in both games, actually, at London City, I thought we were our worst enemy there because London City's main chances came from us losing the ball in our in our own third. Um, either a loose pass across the pitch that was cut out and then we were on the back foot and outnumbered, um, or just someone being caught in possession um, at the back um, at London City. And then, although we didn't really have the threat of Coventry up front, that London City... Um, you know, they, they have a much stronger threat up front than than Coventry. But we, you're right. I mean, AJ needed to slice the a ball into her own net um, when, when we when we gave the ball away, and she, it was just there were a couple of moments when I'm when I was just thinking, oh my god, you know what's happened because we were playing so well, and then it's almost like it's like uh, it was like a comedy of errors for about five minutes. We nearly gifted them three goals and this is, and Coventry didn't offer really anything. They definitely were there to try and just get a, a goalless draw. Um, they've got a completely new team. They've only had the team for a few weeks. So you can understand why they've got a very experienced manager in Lee Birch and he would have set them up that way and they would have trained all week to play that way. And it nearly worked for them, really, because it was just the minute before halftime when we when we scored that first goal. And that, as you said, and as you predicted in the in the last time we spoke on on the pod, was it, it was that was vital that we got that goal as soon as we could. You know, the, if we'd gone th- past the hour mark and it was still goalless, it would have been it could have been a very difficult game for us to break them down. But um, but yeah, I mean, it did come across. Yeah, so we did. And, and actually, you know, in both games, I just think. You know the the chances that we the best chances the opposition have had against us of when we gifted them to them, and when we go to Birmingham, we've got to make sure we don't do that. I mean, I all I mean, I love the way we play. I think it's fantastic to to play from the back, but I'm just wondering, you know, against Birmingham, whether or not it might be just especially in the first half an hour, um, just to just to make sure we don't make like, any mistakes and play a little bit longer from the back, you know. I mean, we've got the quality up front. Elise holds the ball, the ball up fantastically. Um, we've got pace on the, on, you know, on, on with Izzy especially and then Polly on the other side. I'm just wondering whether or not it, it might just be better. I mean, we'll talk about the Birmingham game shortly, but I just, I'm just worried that we might give them a goal. And, and I think that'll be a real shame because... Um, no one should be scoring against us who, who doesn't work for it. You know, to score against Palace, I'd like to think that they've really worked hard to get a goal against us. But the the, the chances we've we've given to um, London City and Coventry in the last couple, first two games of the season have been a real concern, to be honest. And that's the only criticism because everything else about the, the new players are fantastic. The squad as a whole is absolutely incredible. We've got internationals and loads of players with, with, with WSL experience. We're quite rightly one of the favourites to get promoted because of the recruitment. And it'll be such a shame if we just gift, um, especially in a massive game like Sunday, you know, probably the two teams that I think will finish in the top two this season. So it's a massive game. Um, and if we can come away from St Andrews with, without losing, it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a, a real fantastic result. But I just um, think that the, the way we... we we're only going to do that is if we don't give them any chances because they will finish them. They're, they've got players that will finish those chances. So we just need to make sure we keep uh, we keep the, the, the errors to a minimum. Um, the one thing I would say as well, which really impressed me about the two games, how different they were, was the way 
the different way we played to break down the opposition. So when we played London City, we we knew that our space would be on the on the on, on with our with our wing backs. So we did every, some of our furthest forward players in that game, and the winning goal came from from Izzy against London City. Uh, our most forward players were, were usually Polly and Izzy, the two wing backs. They were the outlet, and they were the extra player when when we had the ball in midfield. We switched it, and that was where we had the space on either side, and and and. And and that was fantastic, and that and the goal came from that with the overlap from um, Izzy, and then she just she 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 side forwarded it in. So, um, uh, from from uh, when it hit the bar. So, I think the way we played against London City with that overlap of the of the wing backs was fantastic, and we never had that opportunity against Coventry because they had so many players back, never had that space. We never had a free run down either side. So what we did, which was fantastic, was we changed the way we created the spaces by instead of going out on the outside, like you said, we tried to go through the middle a bit more because um, even if you just get the bounce of the ball there, you're going to you're going to create a chance, whereas you necessarily wouldn't get that wide. So when we failed to get the extra space on the wings, we we changed the way. And Annabelle uh, Blanchard was the key to that because she was like our extra player. So we had an extra player against London City wide with Izzy and uh, and Polly. But when we played Coventry, our extra player or the player that was always available because they were picking up everyone else, was Annabelle, who floated around, like you said at the beginning. She had a, such a free role, they couldn't pick her up. And that was the key. And that's what we've got that we've never had. We've got a player like that, a forward who's so versatile and so good with the ball at her feet that you, it's impossible to stop um, someone who's that good. And so Annabelle Blanchard, obviously, you know, she scored the second goal, the cr- crucial goal and created the third one. But I mean, she was really the reason we won that game because she was the player that made all that those things happen, I think. So the, the way that we played the two games differently was what impressed me the most because we're not just a one trick pony. You know, we we can adapt uh, the way we play according to the opposition. So that was really impressive. So those two games were very, very different games, but we still created loads of chances in both. Yeah, and that's the thing, kind of bringing it all back to the Coventry game. I thought the second half, uh, things opened up a bit more. Coventry had to come out and try and play a bit more. They had more ball in our half. Um, but I don't think, I mean, again, you, you've watched it back. I, I don't recall Fran having to do much. Um, most of their shots were just long shots that were never going to have any chance of going in. It was just almost like stat padding um but as you say it opened up and 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 annabelle was was massively key because we we saw it against london city and we saw it against coventry her feet are just magical she can you look at her and you think she's gonna get pushed off the ball and then she's just you know she's she's got body strength that you wouldn't expect to be there and then she just dazzles them and she can cut through the people um work her way out of tight gaps and constantly getting us on the front foot. And the thing is, she will, as you say, she's, and as we both said, she's everywhere. Like, she's dro- she'll drop back to receive the ball off of one of our centre-backs in our half. And she'll turn, and then she'll move the ball on. And I'm thinking, well, she's one of our forward two here. If she's back there, we've now lost an attacking element going forward. But because of the way we play, and we are, we you know, we're confident in, our use of the ball and keeping the ball 
where we will move the ball on and then touch it on and pass, touch and pass, and we move the ball through the team. It then gives Annabelle the time to get forward to pick it up again. And then she's either creating a chance for herself or she's feeding it through to one of the wingers. She's on the right side. She's on the left side. She's down the middle. She's everywhere. I mean, the, the, her, her energy tank's incredible. Um, and it means she, she's then linking up with everybody, you know, whether it's, it's Polly or Izzy or Coral or, or the striker or whatever. You know, it, 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 it's an absolute joy to watch and, and one hell of a player. And, you know, her, her goal was beautifully taken. You know, she we worked the ball, she got the space, create the space for herself, cut inside, pass the defender and curls it into the corner. And again, you know, it, the, the, the third goal, um, which was the beauty that got me new points in the old predictor league, where, but again, <laughs> was, you know, the work she's done to get into the box and then she's put it across and Hughes finished up, finished it off. Um, you know, one hell of a player and, and, and this is the thing, because we said last, you know, in previous seasons, we've had like the odd stand standout player. So you had Coral for two seasons, what she could do in the middle of the park. Just no one else could do it for us. And then Shiv in her wing role and the way she played, I know you had B, but her and B were to a degree, two, two very different types of player. Um, yeah, at the same time, quite similar, stupid as that sounds. But um we didn't really, you know, we only had like one or two of those types of players. And now we've, we've got a, a team full of them. You know, you've, you've got options. Um, and we want to be on the ball. Um, you know, and, and something I think what we're going to see this season from Palace is something we don't normally see from Palace teams. And and that is a high amount of possession. Um, I think you had a stat, didn't you? It's something like 86% possession we had in the game or something like that. You know, it's just incredible. And, and even against London City, London City had some dominant spells, but when we got on the ball, we keep that ball. Um, so Annabelle, I mean, she was rightly player of the match. She um, got into the Barclays team of the week as well. And she got voted the Barclays uh, player of the weekend. So, um, and deservedly so, because what an outstanding game she had. Um, and yeah, it was just a joy and you can see once you know once things open up in a game we can really really do some damage to teams yeah and I think it's funny actually because I thought Annabelle was fantastic in the first game she, she went off after about 75 minutes I think but I think that first game I think it took a lot of our legs I mean it's fine having pre-season friendlies and I'm, I'm assuming during those friendly training games that we had prior to the season, I'm assuming there were a lot of rotation to give everyone minutes. So not many of the players probably would have played a full 90 minutes or if they had it, may, maybe only be once or twice pre-season. So I think because um, Polly went off really shattered as well and yeah. I think they put so much into that game. Um, so I, I think as their fitness, I mean, I, I, all I can see is the team being stronger and fitter with the training regime that we've got now and also um, getting matches under their belt. I just think that we'll probably be even stronger and 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 uh, the way we play, the other team has got to work very, very hard to get the ball off us um, because when you've got that much possession, the other team are just shape, keeping trying to keep their shape moving, chasing. It's just tiring for them. So 
Um, I just think we'll get better and better as the season goes on. I think we'll, 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 we'll you know, I think, and we've still obviously got 15 new players. So we did, I think with, with time as well and, and more matches, we'll, we'll, I think we'll get even better. I mean, it's just frightening to think of what this team can achieve, really, because it's just there's so much potential there. And we've still got players that we haven't even seen that haven't actually played or are just super, super players as well, you know, like Paige and, and, uh, and, and obviously, Chloe went off injured in the first game. She didn't make the second one. So we've got players. I just think that there's so much um, strength in depth now that we've got that we, uh, I just think it's going to be a fantastic season now. I mean, it's it's difficult. It's difficult with only one team going up because there are three or four really, really good teams in that division. Um, we've just got to make sure that we stay in the race all the way through and, and hope we've, we can finish strongly at the end of the season and, and, then, and that'll be enough. But all we can do is just basically try and win every game that we're playing. And I'm sure the way we're playing gives us a great opportunity to do that because I think there's goals in that team. We create chance, so many chances, even when we're playing against, as you said, six defenders, you know, we're still creating a lot. And so I just expect us to be able to score goals and create chances against anybody. Um, but it's just um, still a new team. So we've got to be a little bit patient and, we, and understand that there will be some things that don't go particularly as planned, you know, maybe while we're still learning to be a, a, as a team, you know. So, um, but yes, exciting times, that's for sure. Two fantastic results, top of the table, haven't conceded a goal, you know, two games in a row without conceding at the start of the season. Has that ever been, has that ever happened to us before? Probably not. Um, no, uh, well, we're already one off of last year's total. Yeah. Um, and I think I need, to work, I need to sit down and work this out. But I think, I, I might be wrong here, but I've got a feeling if Fran, uh, if we if we don't concede against Birmingham, I think Fran will be our record clean sheet holder since we got promoted. I can't, I might be wrong, and I, so I need to check it, but I don't think any other keeper has got more clean sheets, or or it might be a level with Chloe. It might I'll have to look at it. Chloe might just have one more. I'll have to have a sit and have a look at it. But this season, if we play, we keep going the way we're going. Fran should smash that record. Yeah, um, there's a couple of things from the game as well. Little extras. Um, obviously, we got to hand out last season's player of the season trophy to Coral, and last season's team golden boot uh, trophy to Molly. Um, which is great to be able to do uh, and recognise their achievements last season. Um, I mean, this year, that's going to be a bloody hard task to decide <laughs> who gets it this season. Um, but so that was great to do. Um, obviously, I put out a tweet last week as well that um, if Coral plays against Birmingham, then she becomes only the fourth member of the 50 club. Um, which would be a fantastic achievement. Um, so uh, be interesting. I, I fully expect to bar bar I fully expect that Coral will will become a, a newest member of the fifty club on Sunday. Um, so that'd be another trophy we'll be sorting out. Um, so there's that, and then a, a nice touch as well, a real nice story from the game. Other than obviously winning three 0 on a fantastic performance, but was the debut of uh, one of our own. In Shauna Guyat coming on, um, what a fantastic moment that was for her, her debut. For those who don't know, um, Shauna's only seventeen. Only seventeen. She's joined us from Chelsea Academy, but she's Palace fan through and through. So she is, and at some point this season there will be an interview with her um, for the website. But 
she is the, the story coming off of the Euros and all our, our hopes and aims of, um, you know, it, it inspiring fans to come along to games, inspiring young girls to, and boys, of course, but you know, young girls to say, look, you know, he, these are players you can look up to. These are your heroes. These are people you can be your heroes. This is what you can aspire to be. That That's to inspire that story. Uh, and we're seeing it unfold before us at Palace because, you know, Sean has gone from being on the terraces uh, as a fan to coming out onto the pitch representing the team. Um, and for a long time in the women's game, that was something that was very hard for for people to, for, for young girls to envisage, really, because there are so few paths into into the game. Um, so for her to come on, and we thought, well, there's a moment where we all thought she was going to score, and the ball went just behind her in the box. They were all behind the goal, and it felt like, obviously, her dad was with us. Uh, and it was great to see the pride in his face with her coming on, and obviously all of us singing for her. Um, but it was weird. It felt like, obviously, you know, you and I, we both are, fathers we've both got daughters but at that moment it felt like a stand full of shorter's fathers you know <laughs> all willing to ball in the back of the net you know just to, just to really culminate the moment and I thought what a, what a fantastic moment that was for her to come on and, and, and get the time and, and replace a player like Coral as well you know she's coming on replacing a top class player um, and getting a decent amount of time to make her debut when something like that given her age and stuff you know it may you may it may not have come for for months or whatever, and and what what a, what a great moment that was for her. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this season it will take something very special to beat that as the most special moment for me. Um, I I I actually had a tear in my eye as well when she came on. I mean, it was and and there's a couple of touches that she had. She's got very quick feet, and there's one where she was under pressure and she got she collected the ball under pressure, and her first touch was just so quick. Um, that even if someone tried to tackle her, they would have just fouled her because she was she was just like touch touch like one touch to control bang, and it was just um, such quick feet and it was just uh, I, she's I think she's going to be really special. Uh, I, I mean it was just incredible and um, as you say to stand next to Chris her dad and um, uh, and see the the pride on his face um, was just well it's, it's what dreams are made of isn't it? I mean I just think it was. Uh, it was just, it, I mean, the, the night was perfect in almost every way, really, wasn't it? When you think of Shauna coming on, three goals, fantastic performance. Um, it's just a shame that probably we had a lot of support of our regulars who'd missed it because they were up in Manchester watching, you know, the men played Man City. So, um, and it's a shame for them, really, that they couldn't see it because they were coming back from Manchester. They would have absolutely enjoyed that, you know, all those, all the people that usually stand with us who couldn't make it. Um, but we created a really good atmosphere behind that goal, as we always do. Um, and uh, and I think it sort of culminated in, in singing Shauna's name, um, when she came on and also at the end of the game as well. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was just fantastic. But you're right, it's about it's about um, the aspirations that we can create for um, young girls to give them a route and make them feel that actually there's, you know, there is a route for me to play football, you know, and I think that's, that's, that's what it's all about, really. Let's hope in the future we have lots of other Palace fans who can come through and play for the Palace women as well. Yeah, well, hopefully she will be the first in... Uh... You know, a long line throughout history because the thing is, you know, you hear about it in the men's team, don't you? People, some of our players that come through a palace who are palace fans, um, although they don't always necessarily make it like the Sam Woods. Um, but then you've got all the others who are, you know, they're still they're local lads and stuff like that. And but to see it 
and to be a part of it, as you say, to be there with her dad as well, because that's probably something you don't really get, uh, like with you know with Wilf coming through and all that kind of thing, and um, and Tyrick now, and but we 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 see it on the pitch, and we see, you know, we get the joy out of that of knowing they've come through the academy and they're now playing for the first team. But as you say, to to be there with her father um, as it's happened, and then to know that when we we're, we're all there singing her name and that that. She, you know, she, she knows it's going on, and you can see the reaction of it and stuff like that. It, it was, it was definitely a, a magical experience, um, and hopefully the first of many appearances for her. And good, God knows what we'll do if she scores a goal at home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, um, probably bundle on the pitch or something. But um, <laughs> not that I'm advocating that, just for those who are listening. Um, but now th- there is. Before we move on uh, to the Birmingham game, there's two things I want to discuss, but there's a topic I'll get to in a minute. Um, but I feel I, I need to mention Coventry. Um, now, we, we spoke, you know, we spoke during the summer and stuff, obviously last season with the difficulties that they had and starting up on a final day and obviously what's gone on there in the summer with going from full-time to the part-time hybrid system. They've lost all the, a lot of the key players and... Um, the change that they've had, and obviously, as you say, they've had. Uh, well, but it was two. It was two very new teams out there on the pitch. But I know, obviously, Paul was on here last last week, and um, it was full of positives for them, and and all the you know everything that he said about the sort of solidity and stuff. But I do worry about them. Um, I, I just, I think Lee Birch will have them organised. I think they will be give be difficult for teams to play against. Um, and they will grind out some results for sure. But I look at them and at the moment, they've got nothing up front. And they don't look like they're a team that's going to create many chances or put them away. I mean, as I say, like the first half, we their, their few moments, we created for them. And it said a lot. We scored the goal and from the kickoff, they literally booted it from the halfway line. Um, which was never going to go anywhere. And the second half, they had, you know, their shots on target stat was probably quite decent, but it's because they just kept, they'd just be just inside a half and someone would take an aimless long punt shot that was never going to trouble Fran. But it goes down as a statistic. And realistically, I kind of, obviously there's plenty of time and that when they if they get a couple more people in, I don't, I don't know whether the window's still open or not because the WSL one allegedly shuts today or tomorrow. Um, but and obviously, you know, I just I look at them in a the moment, and I think, as I say, I think they'll be difficult. But I think if they get a goal down, it's really hard to see how they're going to get at the moment anything from those games. Um, and I think you know, you, you look at obviously Blackburn struggled last season; they've already got a win under their belt. Um, Durham aren't going to stay down there. Sheffield United, despite the players they've lost. They've got a win under their belt now. A couple of goals. You've got Courtney Sweetman Kirk, who's always going to bang them in. Um, you know, Sunderland and uh, a good team, and they will pick up. You know, they're not going to be down in that bottom, that bottom battle. Lewis have got you know a couple of good points. So I kind of I look at Coventry, and I I do I don't know about how you feel, but I, I do worry for them as to. They they remind me of us in our first season where we came up with a team that was built to try and win the you know the national league, 
and he got put into the championship against a load of teams and, and players that were just a higher standard than ours. And we struggled. We didn't, you know, we were shipping goals. We didn't really create much. We didn't really have that conviction about our play going forward at times where you felt we could really put teams to the sword and we tired every game come the second half. And I kind of look at Coventry's and their team is built out of players who've been brought up from the lower league um, and those who've come in from either the WSL or teams around us, but they weren't getting game time. Whereas a lot of us, like the players we signed, players that like, like the Birmingham that signed, have come down from WSL with a lot of appearances under their belts. The ones who have come to Coventry are, are ones who haven't got that. And I don't know about you, Phil, but I, I, I worry for them this season. Yeah, I agree with all, all all of what you've said. I think the scoring goals part is going to be the biggest problem for them. I mean, they have got some good players. I mean, they've got still got some experience from players that they've had previously, like Katie Morris. I really like her in midfield. She's she covers an awful lot of ground, gets stuck in, she holds the ball. Um, you know, she she's a standout for me at Coventry. I think she's a really good player. Um, and they and you and you're quite right. They bought some players up from the lower leagues. Um, so it's going to be a struggle. It's a big step up for them. It'll take them time, I think, because they've also got a lot of new players. Um, uh, when I when I watched the game back and I saw their shape and the way that they attempted to keep the ball, they did. They were just outnumbered, I think, in midfield and up front, simply because they played so many at the back. They were just trying to con- not concede. So all their midfield was deep, um, which meant every time the ball hit the centre circle, it was one player against our three centre-backs. So they just didn't have a chance, really. They couldn't hold on to the ball very easily because of that. Um, whether or not they play a different system at home, I don't know. We'll have to see how that how that goes in over the season. But I think scoring goals is going to be a problem. If they play that way away from home, I can't ever see them scoring a goal away because they just don't they won't create anything. Um, when they've got one player up front and literally everyone else is on the edge of their own box. I mean, it's, they did try and break away. And they, they did, as I say, they've got a couple of players that can run with the ball and they, they held on to it under pressure quite well. When I watched it back, I saw there was, a, there was, there was I was impressed with a couple of their players. Um, but I just think that, yeah, the, the formation they played against us wasn't going to give us any problems at the back, really. Um, certainly not, you know, consistently throughout the game. There were one or two scares that you're always going to get but um, with breakaways and things. But, um, but yeah, scoring goals is the problem that they've got. Um, and, and actually, at the beginning of the season, when you were looking at the, all the other teams, you were thinking Blackburn would be the team that possibly, you know, might save Coventry because they had a terrible end to last season. But then they won their first game, didn't they? So they've got three points on Coventry already and it's going to be a real struggle. I mean, if they... if can they stay up? It'll need another team to really have a terrible season because I can't see Coventry getting that many points, really. Um, they might get a few draws. I mean, they only lost 1-0 in the first game at home, but they might scrape a few draws here and there and maybe win the odd game. But I can't see them winning more than two or three all season. So they're going to be relying on another team having a pretty poor season, I think. It's a shame because it's one of my favourite away trips. I've been up there every time we played them, I think, apart from one time when during covid but we um we have a good trip up there it's not too far to go to and you know so um uh, you know i've got a little bit of a soft spot for them really because of the uh because i like going up there for the away game but yeah it's gonna be a real struggle for them I, I, my you know the odds are that they'll go down i think i can't <clears throat> i can't see another team finishing below them yeah i mean i think they're wrong they've had a tough start obviously ourselves in bristol city um you know and their season realistically isn't going to hinge on results against the likes of us two in Birmingham. It's going to be about what they do against 
Blackburn and Sheffield and Lewis, those kind of teams. And they they will work their socks off. You can see that. And Lee Birch will have them well drilled, well organised, and they will be tough. But as we know, goals are everything in this league. Um, and we struggled for the first couple of seasons. We struggled to get them and we struggled in the league because of it. Um, and the last, you know, last season, we we really found our scoring feet and we finished fourth. So, you know, joint third. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it, it'll be the next couple of weeks when they start to play a couple of teams more around them, we'll give a better idea, I suppose. But I, I do just, just worry about them this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, but then the, the change that they've made is always going to have that risk, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so the other topic, the other thing I wanted to mention briefly, and it's just something that I feel for us as Palace fans is going to be important this season. People may disagree with me. Um, but for me, it's singing and specifically player songs. Because we've, since I've been going, we've never really, you know, we sing some of the songs that are typical Palace songs that we sing, you know, at the men's and the women's games. And obviously we've got, Dav- you know, we've done, you know, Davenport's Red and Blue Army, but we've never really sung songs about individual players, apart from that first season when people just kept on going Lynch for Megan, Megan Lynch. Lynch. The Megan Lynch song. song. <laughs> yeah, which, which the song was about as great as the performances. But the, you know, it was, yeah, we've not really had anything. And um, I kind of, well, that's why, like, obviously we, we already knew that the day that Shauna would make her debut, we were going to sing uh, Shauna Guy, she's one of our own. So we already knew that was going to happen and we got to bust it out at Hayes Lane. Um, but we also, we, we stood there. When I, I came up with the idea of doing the, the Izzy Sibley runs down the wing for me, but obviously we had that scramble of trying to work out how to fit her name into it. Uh, and then a few people probably thinking we're weird at half time standing there trying to sing it to, to perfect it. Um, but but do you know what I mean? You know, but yeah. for me, it was, it was great to then it was you know pick out the moment and and sing that. Um, and whether she heard it or not, I have no idea. Um, but I I, I love that that the fact of because I know it got mentioned in the loyal uh, Facebook group about it, and I've managed to get hold of um the record. I managed to get a recording of it of, of both songs. Um. But I just think stuff like that's great because do you know what, you know we've this, this team's evolved. We we love this we love this team. We, we love the players that we have. We've got a connection with them, you know. And we've this this fantastic team has been built this summer that has got the potential to go and challenge for the league title for the first time ever. And I feel we just need to step it up a bit and and create a bit more uniqueness to it to really up that atmosphere and. I'm terrible for having the guts to start the song because I always think I'm going to start it and be on my own and just sound like a right old mug <laughs> singing a song on my own. But, um, you know, I, I feel it's important. And we've obviously, we've um, we've been discussing it, haven't we, in one of our Twitter groups, uh, ourselves and Michael and Mark, we've been talking about them. Um, and we've got one lined up for, uh, for Annabelle. Um Got one for Philbs. Uh, you've you've got your exotic one for for Polly, which, okay. which will probably take a little bit more work. That'd be an interesting one to get started. Um, and I'd imagine, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to be at the Southampton game because I've been on holiday. But 
I'd imagine probably when we're back at Hayes would be a, I think it's a bit easier to try and get them going to at, at Hayes. Um, but it would be interesting to for, for a few games to try and get the songs going and get people involved in them. But I, I think we had a really good atmosphere yeah. uh, for the Coventry game. You know, we had quite a group around us and it was just under the lights and that. I thought it was a good atmosphere and, and the Sibley's chance picked up. And um, so I think, you know, the ones we've got for Fields and Annabelle and hopefully the Polly one, will be, well, I would imagine will be another one of us standing there trying to practice it. Um, but we can get these off the ground and, you know, I, I don't know where you how you feel about it, but for me, I just feel this season it's that's an, the next a next positive step that we I think we should be taking, which is individual player songs. Yeah, I think um, the Izzy Sibley um, down, running down the runs down the wing is just that was fantastic when it got going. Um, and I think um, the players deserve to have their own song. I mean, we'll have to come up with a few others for some of the others, but I have to say, I think my Polly song is the best of the lot. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> and and, and um, just for just if, if, to give a warning to people who are listening, I'm just going to read you through the words actually because I think it's it's so good. I thought like um, you should sing it. Well, I sort of half sing it and half say it, I think. But um, so I don't know if you remember, Mike, because you're much younger than me. But there was there was a, a song called Down Under. Because obviously Polly comes from Australia, so there's a song yeah, called Down it, Under. It's the one that um, that Stephen Whitlock, uh, Simon Whitlock comes out to in the darts. She comes from a land down under. That that's one. it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's the yeah, one by men, by men at work. Well, yeah, I've, I've just sung it, so you have to sing this whole thing there. Oh well, that's the one, right? <laughs> so this is this is this is and the best thing about this song actually is after the chorus, the the sort of singy bit is just brilliant. And I'll, 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 I'll let you know what that is in a sec. But so she comes from a land down under, Polly Doran, Aussie wonder, twenty is her number, and she can run like no other. And then the best bit is. La 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 and behind the goal everyone singing that would just be that would just be mad. So that's the Polly song down under uh for Polly. And we're gonna have to get to you know obviously remember the words because um there's four lines there, so we need to make sure everyone knows them all. But um I think that the 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 bit the sort of la la la's afterwards, I think that's just a brilliant football chant, you know. Um because that's like the that's that's how the song goes. So I think that if we can get that right, I think that will just sound absolutely brilliant um, behind the goal. So that's where we are with that one. Now the other ones, of course, you know when um, when the Palace um, Twitter put videos on in the changing room after we win, one of yeah. those songs that I think you mentioned, I think, is the one that they sort of sing together um, in those videos. Um, and I can't remember. I can't remember what it's called. Because well, um, there's, there's obviously, I've, I've got as well. I come up with one for Chloe Peplo. So there's the old Midley Edenac song, but for Chloe Peplo. So na 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 na. Chloe Peplo, Peplo, Chloe Peplo. So there's that one. Yeah. And then people will be turning off now because we're doing this. Obviously, then the one, the one for Annabelle is a song that I've wanted to sing at Palace for years. Um. Ever since um, it was the, it was the old Will Griggs on Fire song that the Wigan fans used to sing. I used to be desperate for us to sing it at Palace about someone, and we've never really had anyone on fire uh, whose name would fit in with it. Um, but it works for Annabelle, and I've been tweeting yeah. it out there on where on the stuff. So it, you know, it, Blanchard's and Fire, 
your defence is terrified. Um, but it's just how many times you do it because I think it works. You're supposed to do it four times. Yeah, so three times would be the full Blanchards and fire. Your defence is terrified. <laughs> and on the fourth time, it's Blanchards and fire. Na 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 na. na. So you yeah. go into that. So it'd be yeah. a case of at the time how many we do because that's it could be a long time of me singing it on my own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if no one joins in. Um, yeah, there is that one, and then I come up with a one for Philbs, and I'm trying to think of, for the life of me now what it was. Oh uh, yeah, there was one, wasn't there? Yeah, let um, me uh, let me just look in the because I'm sure people will be on the edge of their seats wondering what it is. Well, so, Michael, Michael's just sent me a message saying um, about song, saying about song sheets. But do, no, do we look do, like we're song sheets? Do we look like we're Brighton? Mike? I think he was joking, but I think he was having a bit of a dig at some of the other clubs. That I think didn't Man United once say they were going to produce song sheets beyond the, the Stretford end or something? But yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was a bit tongue in cheek. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I stick with just a quick rehearsal like after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that but, works. Oh, it's going to bug me now. What, what the Philby song was? Oh, we can we can come back to that next the next pod, can't we? To uh, we can find out for the next pod. Oh, oh I'm looking now because I'm determined. While I've while I've oh, okay. While, while all, if, if people have hung on this long, uh, <laughs> right, I found it. So it's yeah, I see it's the old Andy Johnson song because then Mark mentioned oh. it to uh, the Welsh uh, Twitter the other day. So just da 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 da, and a Philby. Our mate yeah. Um so yeah, it's just stuff like that. I just feel like it just adds to it. I think it just the personal touch to it of um you know that the personal touch really <laughs> of, yeah, uh, I agree. You know, I agree. player songs. I I I think it's quite and I don't know if you've noticed, but three times already this season we've been called ultras. I know. And now I like to refute not in any way, shape, or form, an ultra. Uh, mm, for start, at, my age, at my age, I don't think... No, well, that's don't, why I said yeah. the, the Laurel Group, didn't I? I said we're more the oldsters. Um, but, Certainly that's what I feel like. <laughs> but uh, but obviously we had it after, on the, um, the FA player, after um, Sibley's goal, We got the, the, whoever's commentating on it referred to us as ultras. And then Paul, obviously did the co- yeah, from commentary, he called us ultras. And um, the uh, the podcast that Chloe Morgan is a part of that interviewed myself and Michael and Russ before the game, on that we get referred during the podcast when they because they did it live different parts from the game from the during the game we got referred to as ultras and that as well. Um, but <laughs> I just it, do you know what it kind of irks me a little bit because we're not <laughs> no. we're not ultras and I don't ever want to be one. Uh, we're just Mad fans, um, yeah, trying to make it up. I think, I think uh, that's wrong. Just a group of old, old gits who, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we're not ultras, but I do want to get as many uh player songs out there and going as we can. Um, I just think it adds because we do have when well, we do have a bit of a unique atmosphere, even though numbers wise we had the lowest attendance over the weekend. Um, but you know, and I thought like the, the Liverpool fans were quite impressive with their their group, um, the tuneless ones. But they, you know, they were quite impressive when they came down. But we've kind of we we kind of stand out because we do our songs and stuff, but we also take the piss. <laughs> Which, as, as an opposing team in those kind of atmospheres, must be really annoying. Yeah. Um, as Yanez from the, the line line S's goalkeeper will. Adhere to, you know, we, we do have a little bit of a 
a little bit of a wind up during the game. Um, we do. It's, it's all part of, it's all in jest. It's all part of the, you know, making the difference type thing. But yeah, so, you know, for those of us who, those of you who are stuck in listening to us at this point and for us singing, congratulations. Um, but yes, I, I, feel, I do, I do think, you know, going forward, I, I'd like to see more songs. I'm looking forward to the next game at Hayes um, and getting to do that. Um, because I say, I think that with Hayes, it'd be easier, easier for us to do it at the terrace. And the more we can get in it and those songs known, then the better it will be going forward, I think. Absolutely. And I think this is the season where I think that might, that will take off, I think, because, you know, I think the players, um, we've got some very special players and we love, you know, all, all the all the 25 squads. So, um, yeah, and we're going to have some memorable moments, I'm sure, this season, the, the way we're playing. So, yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, having those extra songs and adding that personal touch that you mentioned, I think is really important as well. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Really, I think there's some good songs there, and uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with using some of the ones that we've used for some of the men's players, like a like Andy Johnson. No, absolutely. Because not. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Because I think actually they're well-known songs that everyone can then join in with. Yeah, I'm not precious. That's why. Not, that's why I'm not an ultra. I don't have to ban a song because you've got sung somewhere else. It's um, <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's it, the more recognisable because everyone sings it. The whole our like. We've got Super Pat Vieira. Every team sings that song now. Yeah. In fact, they sing it for every game. We're the only team that doesn't sing it all the time. Yeah. But, you know, so songs are they, they're used everywhere. The, the familiarity will help get it over. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah, I'm for me, I'm, I'm all for it. Just, I'm going to be pushing it as much as I can. Um, You know, so, but I, I wanted to get one in there for our mate Philbs. So <laughs> yeah, good, good, yeah, 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 fantastic. And I was watching the Wales game the other night actually, and they needed a draw to get into the playoffs for the World Cup. And I was ho- really hoping that Anna or Elise would come on the pitch, but uh, unfortunately they didn't. But um, probably does a favour. Yeah, but I really, I mean, um, Mark Pixley sent me a message to, um, this morning saying. Wales getting into the playoff is one step further to us having a Panini sticker person, you know, oh, yeah. a, palace, a Palace player. I mean, if Wales or Scotland get through to the World Cup in uh, New Zealand and Australia next summer, then we, we, you know, we're likely to have a, a Palace player in the Panini album. I mean, how brilliant is that? That'd be amazing. Well, can can Australia qualify? Um, well, Polly didn't play. Polly hasn't been selected for the first Australian team so far. Um, and they are—they've automatically qualified as hosts. I think. I think that's right. Yeah. They'll do it. Well, I mean, there's a chance with Polly Page because Jamaica have qualified. Yes, Page wasn't selected. But I think I don't think she's fit, is she? Because she no. hasn't. Been, she's not even been on the bench for us. So um, Jamaica have qualified, and obviously Shiv played for them the other night. So uh, made her debut for Jamaica. So um, we might have an ex-player in Shiv, and also Paige hopefully as well. So yes, we, wouldn't it be great if we have a few Palace players oh, in the evening album? Yeah, brilliant stuff. Be, you know what happened though? We'd get the album, and they'd be the only stickers that we never get. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have like forty-two German left backs, and you'd be like. <laughs> Yeah, you can just see it, can't you? Yeah, they'd be like gold dust, those ones, won't they? But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, right. so exciting times. Yeah. Absolutely amazing times. So kind of moving it forward, obviously, this Sunday, um, we go to St Andrews to play Birmingham. 
Uh, a game which I can't believe is not an FA player. Uh, because I don't know when they decided the fixtures. It's, it's the Lionesses on it for some reason. I mean, they don't even have any fans to watch it. But you, I'd have, you'd have thought... So I'd have looked, you'd have, I know obviously WSL returns. Um, and according to everything, they'd be all and end all of women's football. But you would have thought, wouldn't you, that they'd have looked at it and gone, oh, Birmingham Palace, we should probably try and get that get that on there. Um, and they, they've shown they can do it because they've just shown all of the championship games for two weekends running. So the number volume of games isn't an issue. So I would have thought they'd have looked at that and, you know, same as like if it was Bristol City versus Birmingham, I would have thought, you know, they're, they're the kind of games like you think they'd, especially this earlier in the season, that'd be a big one to have on there. But it's not. Um, but we go there. Obviously, we've got two wins from two. We scored four, conceded none. Um, and they've got four points. They've, they've scored four, conceded none. Um, which was the final win. They drew nil-nil at home to Lewis in the opening day of the season. Um, it's going to be a hell of a tough game. And I'm really split uh, on my opinion on which way it's going to go for reasons that I'll probably be able to explain in a minute. But um, we're going to go there. We don't know whether Chloe Peplow's back to it or not. Uh, we don't know whether Paige and Rihanna are available yet or Fliss because uh, none of them were available for last game. But, uh, Rihanna and Paige weren't available for either game. Uh, Molly went off injured against Coventry. We don't know the status for her. Obviously, uh, as you say, you know we've had... Uh, Chloe Arthur went off injured for Scotland. Uh, she didn't wasn't involved in the second game, so we don't know whether she's going to be fit. I'm going to assume not. Um, and then, and obviously, they didn't play the game, but um, Elise and uh, Phil, you know Hughesy and Fields have been involved in a well set up and stuff. So we there are there are questions over um, what the team will be, um, the avail- availability of within the squad. Um, but how how do you are you think? I know you talked a bit a bit earlier about the Birmingham game, but where mm. are your where's your mind kind of at the moment with that game? Well, I think it's come too early for us in the season. Unfortunately, you know, I just think Same that um, yeah, I just think that you know we're still sort of getting used to each other. Fifteen new faces is a lot. Um, we have got injury problems. I'm sure. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, the good thing, I suppose, about Molly going off, especially in the last game, was that we had a break for the international. So she's had two weeks to recover from that. But she didn't look great. And she was, she did have a, she, she had a, a stick, didn't she? Um, she was on crutches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, that could have just been to, t- to take the weight off and because they didn't know how serious or not it was. And hopefully it's not. But I do wonder whether or not um, we might just be playing them too early and we might just have just, I mean, Chloe Peplow being available would be, especially if, um, especially if we do have any midfield players out. You know, I just think that um, if Chloe Arthur's out, then I think it'll be really important to have someone like uh, Chloe Peplow available. But we just don't know, do we? So, I mean, no, you know, on the basis that we're likely to have some players out, I think it's going to be a particularly difficult game. Um, because we we have had quite a settle. I know we made two changes to the last game, but we've had a very settled shape and we've been able to bring players in that could just slot in, you know, effortlessly, really. Um, whether or not going to a place like Birmingham with a dis- slightly disrupted team, um, 
you know, um, I, I just wonder whether or, not, whether or not it's going to be just a little bit too difficult for us. Um, and um, with the if we if we've only got Elise Hughes available up front, for example, with Annabelle um, just playing off um, away from home at Birmingham, when you're up against you know, let's face it, WSL quality centre backs, Elise is going to have a really tough game. And and it, what you sometimes find is that if you can just say to someone, look. Just give it your all for 70 minutes. Just chase them and and you know you're going to be coming off at 70 minutes and you can work your fitness around that. I think that sometimes helps someone going into the game. They know. But when we haven't got any, if we haven't got anyone else fit to play up front, if Molly doesn't make it and if Rihanna's not available on Paige, then we are really struggling with just Elise up there. And that puts a lot of pressure on her. And she's going to have to, especially this early in the season, um, she's been away on international duty. I know she would have been training with Wales, but she's not been training with us this week. Um, I just wonder how much pressure that will put on her. And can she last the 90 minutes um, with or probably playing mainly as a lone striker away at Birmingham is going to be very difficult. So I just think there's a lot of things just seem, and I, and I, and I really want us to get, obviously get something there. I'll be delighted with a point, to be honest. Um, but um, I just think it's going to be very difficult um, with the issues that we know we've got with um, people, you know, players being away for internationals and then potential injuries. It's very early in the season to go there, our third game when we've just got a new squad together. I just think there's a lot of things that go in against us on, on this occasion, really. So you're going to ask for my predict, predict, prediction, aren't you, I think? Yeah, go on. I think we're going to lose 2-1. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I just think it'll be a, t- a game too far this early in the season with the problems we've got with injuries. And I think, um, you know, I just think they're a very good team. And I just think it's going to be close. I mean, I'd be delighted with a point and we could we could win it. It's going to be that close. It could go, you know, it'll be the small details, probably set plays and things that will probably be key. Um, and I just, but I just got a feeling they'll be a little bit too strong because they haven't had the changes that we've had in the summer. And um, I know they drew their last game at home, goal, goalless draw. I'm hoping that they struggle again to create and score against us. But I've just got a feeling that it'll be a really tough game. But I hope I'm wrong. And obviously, you know, I'd be delighted if we can get a point there. But Or even better, obviously, a win. How about you, Mike? How do you see it? You haven't seen your goal scorer first. Oh, goal scorer. Um, well, because I think she's probably going to be the one who plays up front, because um, I don't know about Molly's um, availability, I'm going to go for Elise Hughes as the goal scorer. It's reminded me as well that we actually had a song for Husey. Husey, uh, Husey. Yeah, really, yeah, detailed. Uh, <laughs> but effective. Um, mine, to be honest, is identical to yours. Uh, well, we've both predicted it in the Predicted League, um, which is, if, if I had to say, you know, I think you're you're the same, but having to say a score, then I would say uh, I'm saying two one Birmingham. Also, Hughesy the score, um, but it's not to say that the reason being, like we we can beat them, um, and we will go up there. And I think just as we have done in the previous two games, we will look to have the ball. Um, I don't think we we're not going to go and try and be negative in any way, shape, or form. I think we're going to go to get hold of the ball. Uh, to be on it as much as possible, to pass and move and, you know, um, take the game to them. I fully believe that's what we will do because um, that is how this team has been built, and which is great. Um, I just think, as you say, I think it's come too early for us. I think we can see game, off, game on game, we're getting better and better. We said it, didn't we? We said it after the City game that 
you know, once you start getting five or six games in, this team could be scarily awesome. Um, and could really, really, you know, pull teams apart. Um, but at the moment, we're two games in. Um, we, London City, had some dominant spells against us. Um, and realistically, they hit the woodwork twice and they had two great chances, which they put wide. I don't know how. Um, you know, on another day, they would have scored. Um, and against Coventry, a team that was creating nothing with just a few moments where, where uh, you know, we, we we opened some opened some doors for them unnecessarily. And it's because, as you say, 15 new players coming in. We are, we're learning on, you know, as we go, we're adapting, we're building together. And um, and it's going to take a little bit of time for that to, to really settle in and just to, to cut out a few of those, those you know, those, those little moments. Um, but Birmingham are going to be buoyed by, you know, winning 4-0 in the last game. Um, and there's obviously the typical old player coming back to haunt us, um, which is the possibility with Shiv. Um, and as you say, you know, they've kept a lot of their players from the WSL season. They've also been busy in the transfer window. So, I, I you know, I we, we are more than capable of beating them. And I'm, I'm not going there thinking, oh, my God, you know. But in previous seasons, I'd have been thinking, oh, my Lord, you know, this is going to be, if we can hold on to something. Um, and I don't feel that issue. I feel going there, I feel confident that we can go there and get a result and beat them because we've got a hell of a squad that's more than capable of doing that. As I say, I just feel it might this game might have come a couple of weeks too early. Um, and with at the moment, because we don't know the status of five or six players, you know, uh, I'd imagine if 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 Chloe Petro's back, I mean that would be a massive boost. Although Kirsten Riley played really well in the last game, so not not to you know to downplay that at all. Um, but just in terms of options, um, I'm expecting Chloe Arthur to not be available. So I'd imagine Holly Olding would probably come into that role. Um, but as you say, it's possible because we played the two up front, but Annabelle's role is, is the free roaming role. Um, so the out and out striker, we don't know whether Rihanna and Paige are back. We don't know whether Molly, uh, has recovered from her injury. If we go into it with only one out and out striker, as you say, it's going to be a, you know, a hard working game for Husey. And she's a great player who will, will, will shoulder that immensely, but, we wouldn't have possibly wouldn't have the option to to freshen it up if you need to to just change the legs a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think just it, it coming so early in our our phase of um, kind of bed, you know, settling down, and with the question mark over the availability of several players, um, I think those two factors they they ought to take my prediction. In, in terms of having to give one, but as I say, I, I, I we are, I will go there. I, we're going there. I feel positive about us going there, and we are more than capable of going there and and being a better team and beating them, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and just want to shout out to um, Michael Middleton, who's on joined us today, um, and also James Ellis, and also Simon Goddard in Coventry, because I know that those um, those fans are going to be travelling to Birmingham. 
um, and uh, will give us some vocal support there, which is fantastic, um, especially because the men are playing at the same time against Man United. Um, unfortunately, I can't go. Um, it's my birthday and I've been taken out for the day. So <laughs> I oh, don't really? know where we go. I mean, I'm hoping that when I get, when I get told where we're going, it's um, Birmingham, Birmingham, but I don't think it will be. <laughs> So no, it'll be somewhere else, but um, which is nice, and I'm looking forward to it with my wife. But um, I hope everyone has a good trip up there and gets behind the girls because it's a massive game, and any any support we can give them, I think they really appreciate that up there. So just a shout out to those fans who are travelling up to St Andrews on Sunday. Um, well done to you all. Oh, absolutely! I completely echo that, and I'm jealous. I'm at work. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to get to the, the Man United game. I'm not entirely sure whether I want to get to the Man United game at the moment. But, um, no, you know, tap a hat off to, to all those going up there and um, hopefully going up there to witness a great result. And it's another chance, because we said, didn't we, going into the opening day at London City, that was a chance to put down on a hell of a marker for us to go there and beat them for the first time, you know, beat the team that finished second. Um, and we did that, you know, and, and then we followed it up importantly with a win against a team, you know, and a good win against a team that um, are probably going to be down the other half of the table this season. Um, so this is another opportunity for us to go and, and really, you know, if we can go, if we can go there and beat them, and Lewis has got there and got a draw, so you know they're not like this unbeatable team. It's not like Liverpool last season at this moment in time. You know, but if we can go there and we can get a good result, we can get a win up there. You know, what a hell of a statement that would be made by us um, it's a massive massive game and you know as I say despite I know what our predictions sound like but I feel positive I feel confident the girl you know the team if, if you can win that game 100% um, and you know fingers crossed that is exactly what happens yeah, absolutely agree with that. Um, the the only reason I've said the, that prediction is that it's coming early in the season. I know how strong Birmingham are, and I just think we've got injuries um, based on what we know from the last game and the internationals. So I just wonder whether or not the squad being disrupted with those injuries and and you know, I mean, to be honest, the early, the uh, the fact that it's early in the season, the way we started the season, isn't probably so much of it as an issue as the injuries actually. And um, I'd feel much more confident if we were going there with a with a much more healthy squad. But I just think we'd be really pushed um, uh, with the numbers. Really, um, I just don't know how many players we're going to have fit, and if we, I don't even know if we're going to have enough to fill the bench. Um, so um, I think oh, when you put all that together, and, and it's a tough game away from home, I just think it, it's going to be difficult. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. I think we can go there. If we score first, I really, I fully expect us to win, to be honest. I think if we get the first goal, I think it will just yeah. make all the difference. Um, but we just don't know how it's going to play out. And of course, um, you know, they've got some strong... They've got some strong players, so it's going to be interesting. I, you, like you, I really wish it was on the FA player, just so I could keep an eye on it, even wherever I am. But I think, um, I'm assuming that they probably have to announce the games quite a few weeks in advance, and they wouldn't have known how both teams would have started the season necessarily when they announced the fixtures. Because I think they've announced the October fixtures for the FA player already, so they must do it six weeks in advance, I'd imagine. Um, so that's probably why they've selected them without sort of looking at the league table because they probably had to do, do it some weeks ago. Um, but yeah, it's a shame because, I mean, even before the season, that was going to be a key game, Birmingham Palace. You'd think that they that would be one of the ones they'd select anyway, irrespective of the start that we've both had, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, in the, the day, they could have put on, I know they've announced them, but it's not like Sky, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> the they could... They're going to have the camera there anyway. They yeah, just they could to put... someone to commentate on it and, and air it live. You know, I'm sure they, if they really wanted to, they could do Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things. But hopefully we get the win and then I can watch the, the, the full replay of it. Um, because there's nothing more depressing than watching the full replay knowing you lose. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so <laughs> which I had to do a few times last season. So, uh, especially like the Bristol City 4 0. I mean, that sitting down by that was real depressing. Well, you should have been there. <laughs> there's a few of us that went down to Bristol I, I, for I, that. I think I'd rather that than it's, at least you didn't know at the time. Imagine sitting down knowing you're going to watch a game where you lose 4 0 and have no shots. I think I knew after about 30 seconds when they scored their first goal that what it was going to be like. Because <laughs> we literally kicked off and we were, I literally only just got in the stadium and put our flags up. Just went to this little area where we were all together and looked up and the ball was flying in the top of the net. I thought, oh my God. <laughs> I think the writing was on the wall. It was such a cold, windy day, you know. It was just... Oh, it was. We found a fantastic pub, and that was that was a saviour for the day. Really, we had some. We had a nice liquid lunch in the pub, but other than that, it was a pretty pretty miserable performance, and and uh, could have been more than four actually. But yeah, you're right. Watching that um, would have been a pretty uh, uh, harrowing experience, probably for you, especially knowing that we've lost four nil and you've still got to sit through it. Yeah, the things you yeah, do for the pod, Mike. The things you put yourself no, no, through. <laughs> It's dedication, isn't it? Dedication. It is. Uh, right. On that note, uh, I think it's a good time to to wrap things up for the day. Uh, we will be back next week um, to do the review of the Birmingham game and previewing the Southampton game, um, which will now be the only Palace game on that weekend because of Brighton got scared and cancelled it, cancelled the men's <laughs> game. Um because they have no manager, um, so I don't know what day next. Because it's going to, I think probably Wednesday again next week. Um, yeah, I then travel on Thursday and stuff. So um, yeah, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, thank you as always to everyone who's been in with us listening live um, and has stayed here whilst you and I have sung songs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to all of you who are listening back, whether it's on the uh, the recording, the Twitter recording or whether you listen to us on Spotify. Um, so thank you to all of you as well. Again, anyone who's stuck through us singing uh, and is still here, we appreciate it. Um, if you haven't followed us on Spotify, please do. It's free on there. Don't have to pay a penny. Um, and hopefully, uh, yeah, follow us on there. We've got, uh, hopefully I say we'll be doing another trophy soon in terms of 50 princes for Coral when she hits that number. Um, we've got a plan in place for something we want to do. Uh, a uh, raffle, which will be coming up soon um, to try and do a sp- sponsorship. But we'll reveal more of that when we've got it in place. Um, so we'll have that to come out soon. for people to look forward to. I've got an interview, the first player interview of the season. Um, that is coming soon. Uh, not announced who it is yet. Uh, I will do soon. Um, but that'd be a lot of questions asked. I think it'd be a really good start to the season. Um, so yeah, there's all that, those bits to look forward to. Um, so yes, thank you to everybody, and thank you to Phil as always for for joining me on these. 
uh, and for busting out your your best Aussie song, <laughs> where very much emphasise the er on every on every line. Yeah. <laughs> Down under. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to go and sing it to myself now for the rest of the evening. So yeah, just to make sure I learn the words. But uh, just a quick shout out for me to the players and the management and staff. Good luck on Sunday. We're all with you. I know there won't be so many of us there because of the men playing um, against Man United um, at home. But um, we're all with you, and um, I'm sure the people that do go up there to St Andrews will get behind you. But good luck to all the players and the staff. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be supporting you from afar. And hopefully we'll come back as winners. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I've heard someone try to do an Australian accent. It sounds like they come from Somerset. Well, and we, well, and if we win, we'll say we'll table toppers. And... Uh... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> on that note, uh, <laughs> thanks very much. And uh, thank you very much. Well, I said that twice. Er, yeah, uh, fair dinkum. Uh, fair dinkum, yeah. Yeah, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think we definitely need to end it there then. So thank you very much, everybody. Cheers, Mike. Bye. Cheers, Come on, you palace. Palace.